This is Speakers on Speaking with Antoine Lincoln. You know, I'm a speaker. I got to be in front of the audience. That's when I'm at my best. That what we ought to be sharing is what's made a difference in our own life. If you want to have a career and have a business, you need to learn how to sell you. You're what you're selling. The biggest barrier to what I make is what I'm able to have come out of my mouth. Welcome to Speakers on Speaking, a podcast for aspiring speakers looking to learn from today's professional speakers in the speaking business. And on today's show, we have Dr. Rob Pennington. So get ready to listen, learn, and launch your speaking career on Speakers on Speaking. Welcome to another episode of Speakers on Speaking. My name is Antoine Lincoln, and I'm so glad that you're here listening to episode five. And our guest today is none other than award-winning author, speaker, psychologist, and coach, Dr. Rob Pennington. And Rob is the author of the book, Find the Upside of the Down Times, How to Turn Your Worst Experiences into your best opportunities and that's exactly what rob has done he's he's been through a lot people we've all been through a lot but here's the thing about rob he took that moment he, he took the things that we don't want to happen to us and turned it into a message he turned his mess into a message and that's what he's here to really share with us how do we do that how did he do that on speakers on speaking so Let's get ready to listen, but more importantly, let's get ready to learn. And to do that, like always, I want you to go to the speakersonspeaking.com website. Look for Dr. Rob's page, and on that page, you will see the SOS section. That section is there for you to review as you listen to Dr. Rob, but more importantly, as you learn about how he took his downside and made an upside out of that. So are you ready? Are you ready to listen to Dr. Rob? Are you ready to learn with Dr. Rob? And if you have a yes to both of those questions, let's get ready. You're going to love this episode on Speakers on Speaking. Dr. Pennington, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. So grateful to have the opportunity to talk with you and to share some of the ideas and tricks of being a professional speaker that I've learned over 40 years. Well, that sounds fantastic. You are the right guest, and we're so excited to have you here. If you already know from the intro, Dr. Pennington is a published author. He's got many accolades, and his accolades are very extensive. His book, Find the Upside of the Downtimes, How to Turn Your Worst Experiences into Your Best opportunities. What a long title, but a very important title, wouldn't you say? Well, it, it took a long time to get to, but it, it does say what I mean. And, uh, you know, I've got a, the first chapter is really about how to speed through stress in five steps in 15 seconds. And uh, it's really an autobiographical book. It, every chapter is, you know, a story of what happened to me, getting fired, divorced, audited, remarried with teenage stepdaughters, uh, my wife's illness and eventual passing. And the lessons I learned in those events and, and an activity that the reader can do themselves to save them the time and the pain that I went through. Now, this book is well decorated. It's, it, it's not a book that just showed up and, and you just pushed out. It was very well publicized on many different, um, let's just say, organizations in terms of its, its, its contribution. So you, a lot to be commended. 
Well, I got a number of awards for it, um, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, um, these are stories that I've used in my presentations for many years. And uh, I think not until I came up with this format of story, lesson, and activity did I really have a book. And um, also, I don't think I could have done this book earlier in my life. Uh, it really has a... Um, a lot of difficult situations that I went through and to be able to have clarity about, you know, actually what was the benefit of that and what was it that I learned and, and then how to say that in a way that could be encouraging, both acknowledging the challenges we face in life, but also the opportunities that are there. Yeah. I was going through the um, reviews to, of your website, not your website, your uh, book on Amazon. And one person said, if you're lost, this is your GPS, which, which is, you know, that's that's saying a lot for a couple mm -hmm. words. That's saying a lot that you 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 struck a nerve in in your readers out there. You know, and I've struggled for long years because I'm a great speaker, but I never thought of myself as being able to write. You know, I'm a speaker. I got to be in front of the audience. That's where I'm at my best. You know. And I just couldn't imagine how I could have an impact on somebody who, like, wasn't in the room with me. That must be difficult. It was, but I did my best, and I, I got a you know good support from people. And I, it was a risk. I had no idea whether it, it would produce results. And I'm just so thrilled and excited that it does, and you know, it does change lives. And uh, people, you know, buy it and share it with their family and friends, and. Uh, I, I just, you know, why didn't I start sooner? Well, I don't think I could have. I wasn't ready. Well, that brings me to my next question, which is probably more a very important question. Where were you when you said, I need to write a book? And more importantly, I need to write this book. Because it sounds sounds like you, you really, it's a confession book, based on how you described <laughs> it. Where were you when you wrote that book? Well, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Um, I'm 67, so I probably wrote it in um, my early 60s, maybe you know, three or four years ago. And it was a few years after my wife passed away from multiple sclerosis. Sorry to hear that. And I think you know, it was just all of that together. And also, as you, you're getting older, I, I'm realizing I want to have a, a larger impact on more people, and I can't get them all in the room. Right. And so I confronted this limiting belief of mine that somehow I couldn't be as uh, impactful uh, in writing because I had never really been an author. I'd never, you know, I've written some articles here and there and I've written trainee manuals. Mm. Um, but this was much more heartfelt. This is much more about the stuff I do every day that is important and valuable to me. And I think the more I reminded myself, and I think all speakers need to remember that what we ought to be sharing is what's made a difference in our own life. Right. Because the more we do that, the more, you know, we have no doubt about its value. And I think we come across as authentic and real and credible when we're doing that. And I just learned I could also do that in the book. And, you know, it was my own fear and limitation. And I think it's true that everybody can now. It's good to have friends give you feedback, and it's good to have a good editor. Yeah. <laughs> I was real grateful for my editor. I thought an editor was just going to, you know, make sure the periods were right and grammar. But she was so much more than that. She would come back and say, I think you're trying to be funny here, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> or she wouldn't just say, you know, this is a little awkward. It's not really making sense. What do you think about it being 
this way, and she would give me a better way of doing it. And and my book, which is really short, it's not a long read at all, um, she maybe did about 200 edits, and probably all but about five, I thought, made it better. Mm. There were five that I thought, no, it needs. it's that way for a reason. It's phrased that way for a reason. Right. So it's good to have that support. Oh, absolutely. And you can't do it by yourself, it sounds like. I think a lot of us feel like it's all up to us and it's got to be out of the park just by based on what we do. But it's really about letting people help you. And that's, you know, I think the eighth chapter of my book is <laughs> about my resistances to getting help. Right. And, uh, you know, that's all, I think, challenging for all of us at times. I'm glad you said help because, again, speaker on speaking, the acronym is SOS. And our goal today is to help aspiring speakers. And, and really, your book is, is, is a testament to that. You can get help out there, and, and, and I'm inspired that uh, you are so willing to share your, your story with your platform. So my question with that is, how does your book connect to your platform? Well, it's about you know what my main message is. My primary work is with executives and teams in the area of successfully managing the stress of change. So I've received the highest... Um, you know, trainer evaluations from ExxonMobil every year for 34 years, primarily for a multi-day course on successfully managing the stress of change and one on successful work relationships. And so the the book is just another tool uh, along with other product, as, along with the programs it's themselves to helping uh, people be more effective and dealing with the inevitable challenges uh, we're all going to have. Hardly any of us grew up in a family where when there was a conflict, we ended up closer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we we don't go to um, a workplace with very good conflict resolution or stress management skills. So a lot of the changes that you're dealing with or the stress that you're dealing with, it's not primarily for the job site. It's actually the stresses that we're having outside of the job site that that we come into the environment with. Well, the same principles apply in both areas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was another thing that was very exciting to me early on in my career is I'd be talking about in the work environment, but people go, oh, this is going to make a difference at home too. Okay. And so, yeah, the same principles apply in all areas. Mm, that's, that would, uh, must have been a good feeling when, you've, when you came to that point and you said, you know what? This is working everywhere or for the most part in many different scenarios for the reader. Yeah. Wherever your your challenge is, there's some that speed through stress in five steps in 15 seconds uh, that people can get to at drrobspeaks.com really uh, is the tool I use every day mm. to deal both with the elementary school lessons in life, you know, like the stoplight and the grocery store line and the computer crashing, all the little stuff, so that I am better able to deal with the more kind of, I guess I would call graduate school lessons, which are the kind of ones that I talk about in my book. So... When did you discover, when did you have your SOS moment, when you realized that what you were doing from the stage or what you were doing within your book was making an impact in your audience? Well, getting a standing ovation. <laughs> but that's only temporary, but, you know, right? You're ringing a bell and certainly evaluations that say, you know, you know, I've changed their lives or that I'm the best they've ever heard. That certainly, you know, warms your heart. One time I was uh, going through an interview process with NASA oh. uh, to do a lot of work. And they took me out to lunch. As, you know, I was there for hours going through this interview process with them, trying to get to know me, et cetera. And as we were uh, driving up in the parking lot and getting out to go in the restaurant, this person came up to me in front of all these, you know, high executives of NASA and they said are you Rob Pennington I went oh you changed my life wow 
That's a good feeling. Can I I pay them? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, really impressed the the people from NASA. (laughs) And I did work with them for years. So just getting that feedback, getting people tell me, people recognizing uh, me, you know, and and coming up and saying something. Um, It's so funny. I was in the airplane once with my wife, and and she said, if one more person comes up and says, oh, are you Rod Pennington? I'm going to throw up all over them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so what happened is this person started walking down the aisle with this face of recognition. Uh-oh. And I went, oh, no. And the person leaned in and they said, are you Claire Pennington? I heard you speak once and you were fantastic. They're talking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> you know, that's a good story, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a great story. See, so one of the things as a speaker you want to do is just notice the emotional moments in your own life, highs and lows, because that's the stories you're going to talk about you know so you know when i got shot in the center of my chest and mm. you know about an unknown assailant and i'm in the ambulance on the way to the hospital i'm thinking you know damn this is a great story it's a great story <laughs> if i live to tell it <laughs> yeah and the first chapter of my book is about that story yeah. you know it's and the chapter's called it's a miracle and i go into it in the 20 minute video at the, that you can access um in the speed through stress option at you know the drrobspeaks.com it's just a way of uh helping everybody uh, move through these inevitable things challenging faster because right. uh, I'm doing it every day myself too. So what came first, your speaking career or your pain? Good question. Um, I, I would in a way say my speaking because I think I got in trouble when I was elementary school a lot for talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've always been kind of a ham in search of an audience. Right. And so when you were going through that 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 moment of becoming a professional speaker, were you? Yeah, that's different. Were you? I was terrible. Okay. You know, when I started, I was uh, teaching in a university. Okay. You know, right out of graduate school, and I would write my lecture down word for word, and I would just stand up and read it. Oh. You know, you just don't get more boring than no, that. No, you do not, Doctor Rob. You do not. <laughs> Take it from a student. And and I didn't even know I was doing it. You know, I was just so scared. Yeah. And I remember a friend of mine came and he said, Rob, you just stand there and read your lecture. And also, you don't ever answer a question. I said, what do you mean? He said, someone will raise their hand and you'll point to them and say, I'll get back to you. And you never do. What's up with that? What's up with that, sir? What's up with that? But And I, that was very confrontive. And I realized, oh, that's not how I want to be. And I very quickly shifted. Okay. To just coming up with five or six questions, five or six topics within my lecture, and I would just let go of my paper. I write up the five or six points on the blackboard, and as people come in, I just start talking to them. Right. And as we would talk, we would hit on one of those five points, and then I'd just be into. I've just learned to have a conversation rather than to lecture. So, and when you I think that really made a big difference, I like that a conversation rather than uh, other than a lecture. But I guess it came a time where you started to look at your platform differently other than being a college professor you started to look at um, incorporating your own personal stories within your presentations and it, it, it probably took more you more. did it take you outside of the the realm of academia well we i i quit that and actually went on the road uh as a seminar leader for a okay. while teaching a course in spiritual development mm. uh and that was a very powerful experience and then i came back into Houston, where I've lived for 35 years and started to practice as a psychologist doing counseling. And I started um, 
marketing my practice by doing uh, talks. And I would, I started out by going to churches and volunteering myself to do, you know, like Sunday school classes or do a series of seminars or something. And I connected with the nonprofit organizations that had a speakers bureau. Uh, the Mental Health Association, it was now called Mental Health America, had a speakers bureau that was for corporations, mm-hmm. which was my target market. And so before me, the most anyone had volunteered for them was eight times a year. I did 80 talks for them that first year. Talks. Anytime, any place, I was willing to go. And that got me into Shell, into Texaco, into Exxon, into Bank of America, all kinds of stuff. That's really what launched my career was doing free talks. Free talks. Absolutely. So then you made the transition to feed feed talks, right? You st- yeah, you know. How did you do that? How did you? Well, I remember the first time someone asked me. I didn't. I didn't have this all so planned mm-hmm. out. Okay, <laughs> um, I was I was trying to build a counseling practice. You know, I wasn't. I didn't even know you could get paid to go out and speak a lot. Um, and someone asked me once how much I paid uh, charged, and I remember being very uh, embarrassed. And and I said, would fifty dollars be too much? Um, now what, what? Wait, wait, wait! When was this? What year are we talking about? Oh, maybe nineteen eighty. In fact, my first year uh, being out there speaking, I made three thousand dollars all year. I made nine thousand the next year, thirty thousand the third year, sixty the fourth year, and over a hundred thousand every year for the last thirty-four years. So the question that I have: Did you make more money by speaking more or charging more? Well, um, certainly speaking more is helpful, but uh, at, at some point, yeah, you do deal with raising your fee. And what I've discovered is it's really about what I'm – the biggest barrier to what I make is what I'm able to have come out of my mouth. Interesting. Uh, and so, you know, when I'm coaching speakers, you know, we deal a lot on their barriers to asking more. Uh, and. Not that there aren't people out there who are willing to. I mean, if everyone's saying yes to your fee, you probably should raise your fee. But a lot of people have a fear about what happens if they say what their fee is and the person says no. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think we have a difficult well, – I think aspiring... our own self-esteem thing okay. about charging for our hours and trying to transition to charging for the value of what we offer. But it's also about having confusion about how to negotiate a deal. Hmm. And so – my goal is always to charge more than I think they can pay, because if I ask up front what budget do they have, they're usually not going to tell me. Okay. But if I tell them a fee that's greater than I think they can pay, now they're already dealing with a speaker who's better than they can afford. <laughs> right. And they usually tell me what their budget is. And so I don't just automatically go, and yes, I'll accept it for that fee. Here's the magic words that speakers need to hear, and that is… Great, I'm glad you have that in your budget. Let's talk about how to make up the difference. Wow. Yeah. And then we'll talk wow. about them videotaping it, which is worth a lot of money to me. Or we'll talk about them writing me referrals, which is worth a lot of money to me. So, testimonials. So before we get started in that direction, I think the more important question is, when did you come to that epiphany that you could do that? Because when oh, you started, you that took me about thirty years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> thirty years? Why so long? Well, because I think I was very comfortable with doing like a hundred days a year for Exxon. Oh, okay. So I had a great gig that lasted twenty-five years, 
And I was just so comfortable with it and everything was just great. I didn't, my, my mind didn't go to how great, how greater it could be. Hmm. How greater it could be. I like that. You know, um, we tend to just be satisfied with a current level of success. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't limited to that. That's just was, you know, a big client. I was just still doing a lot of other things. Okay. Um, but the idea that I could be doing it more or how to raise my keynote fee or how to get more into generating product or, you know, how to get paid not to be there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so take me to your, your mind when you made that critical decision to say there, there's something out there that I want to tap into that I can't tap into in my current state of mind. Where were you mentally? Well, you know, I don't think that happens like that. I don't okay. think I, what happens is I lost all the Exxon stuff. <laughs> Business. Yeah. So, you know, I've gone through lots of ups and downs in, in business. Okay. Um, and, and usually, you know, that's the mother of invention, you know, is the necessity of creating more work. Right. Um, but in that process, I've learned a whole lot about how to do it quicker, faster, sooner. So you you lost that business, and that's when you said, you know, I need to move a little bit aggressively in the speaking business. Yeah. Okay. How to wow. put more focus on that? How to be more conscientious about it? So um, how do I? Like for instance, uh, up until then, I thought being a good speaker was good enough. People would come up and go, "Wow, that's great. We need you at our organization." And I'd say, "Great, call me." Well, I was so naive. Eve, I didn't realize that however sincere they were right there, when they go back into their work, they're overwhelmed by their you know, demands, and, and they would forget. Right. And I didn't take responsibility for making that happen. Making it happen. Now I do. So I have a flow chart that's in um, some materials that people can download for free at getpaidmoretospeak.com. And in mm -hmm. one of them, it, it's this flow chart of what to do during the first contact call, what to do before the event, what to do at the event, what to do after the event, from a marketing point of view, for instance, I believe it's more important how many hear that I'm going to give a talk than actually hear the talk. So I want to be involved in the marketing. I create the emails. I'll create video of, to help them promote me. But it all drives things back to my website as well. Uh, so I'm trying to you know, generate more name recognition just in the process of how the organization promotes the event and to their members, but also out to potential members. Uh, so it sounds, I, sounds like you've got an awesome system, and I, I, I definitely encourage our, our, our listeners to go to get paid more to speak. The uh, resources you have there, from what I saw, look really awesome. And, and, and as an aspiring speaker, that, that flowchart sounds exactly what I would be interested to see more about. The question that I have now is, what's been your biggest challenge as a speaker? And how did you overcome it? Well, from the very beginning, it's how does anyone know you exist? <laughs> uh, question number one. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, I, like I mentioned earlier, I started by, I approached 10 churches about offering a seminar series. And eight were not interested. Nine wanted me to join the church. And the tenth one said, <laughs> sure, when do you want to start? So my no to yes ratio was nine to one. 
No to yes ratio. I yeah, love and that. So people need to think about that, that whatever you're selling, there is a no to yes ratio. And we think of every no as like a failure, but a lot of it is just they weren't qualified. They're not actually who you want to be selling to. Or maybe it's a no, not, not now uh, kind you of thing. To, now, you use the word selling. I think a lot of when I look at expiring speakers, I include it. We don't think about that term selling. We think about the term presenting, like you said earlier, standing ovations and well, all that good what stuff. You do in front of the audience, but it's a business. It is. Yeah. And I think that's a difficult transition for a lot of people. Now, you can make it a hobby and just be available whenever anybody asks, and sometimes you'll get some money for it. But if you want to you know, have a career and have a business, you need to learn how to sell you. You're what you're selling, not just the content or the results that you produce. There are a lot of people in the world who could probably do basically exactly the same thing I do, probably even better. But uh, I'm selling me. I, I'm the 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 tool that I use, and mm -hmm. working with me is part of the benefit of my brand and business. So it's the relationships that I'm developing that's important. Uh, I don't want to just go be a lone ranger and do one talk and leave a silver bullet. I want to develop a relationship <laughs> with that organization over a long period of time. I love that analogy. I don't want to just leave a silver bullet. <laughs> You know, so I've had corporations hire me on a retainer, give me a monthly fee to just kind of show up and be helpful. That's a neat gig. That's a neat gig. Wow. But, you know, that's because uh, they trust me because of the relationship and because I can bring uh, off multiple things. So for me, speaking is not just being on the stage. It's also being in a, in a, one, in a room with a smaller group of people called training over multiple days or, you know, it's also coaching one on one. It's all about education. Right. In, in multiple ways that involve talking to people and with people. So I love the fact that you said it's selling. I think it's in building relationships with people and, and making sure that Which you're Which is the in key front. to good sales, by the way. Oh, right, right. They right. got to like you. You got to be Got to like you. So you've been speaking for a long time. Your book was published back in 2011. And uh, how do you keep yourself relevant? How do you stay <laughs> in front of your potential buyer? Well, I, my topics are surprisingly uh, evergreen. You know, when I first started talking about stress, I kind of thought it was a fad and it would go away. But it's never gone away because people have never really learned how to uh, deal with it very well. <laughs> Right. So before we go any further, our audience may not know what the term evergreen means. Oh, it's just That's a, a powerful forever, term. You know, like certain trees are green forever, evergreen trees. Certain topics seem to be just evergreen. You know, they're always needed. Uh, right. con conflict resolution seems to be always needed. Improving leadership, always needed. Uh, improving performance, always needed. <laughs> improving <Would> team <laughs> relationships, always needed. Uh, so, and, and, and I do improve myself along the way. For instance, uh, there's a guy named Patrick Lincioni who wrote a wonderful set of uh, books. He called the Leadership Fables. I love them. Uh, I'm now an authorized partner with him and with his uh, five uh, behaviors of a cohesive team materials. So, you know, I'm evolving and adding pieces of uh, 
additional services and products that I can mm-hmm. uh, that align with uh, my core uh, message and values. You know, as you know, we're we're well into this interview, and, and again, I thank you very much for your time. You sound very passionate about what your platform is. Talk to me about where that comes from. Well, you know, I, I'm teaching what I most need to learn. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> yeah, and I I want to be able to um, handle the challenges in my life quicker, faster, sooner. I want to have the best relationships I can. And I'm not as good at either of those as I'd like to be. And the fact that I talk about them a lot kind of helps me be better uh, along the way. So I'm intrinsically motivated in my own life to make the same changes that I'm sharing with others how to make. Whether you're a speaker and how do you deal with the stress and the challenges of getting up on a a stage or whether you're a leader dealing with your team. same dynamics, same challenges, and fortunately, some similar solutions. Now, are you – one of the things I always tell people is you've got to have people, good people around you. Do you have a mastermind group or an association that you're connected oh, with? Oh, Speakers Association. And if you're going to be a professional speaker, this is your professional association. It is the network of people who see it as a business. Okay. Now, Toastmasters is great to go and practice speaking. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, supportive network for that. NSA is about the business of speaking. And there are 35 chapters throughout the country, and there's amazing national uh, programs offered uh, throughout the country uh, that are just, you know, like drinking from a fire hose of exciting, up to date. What's the newest, best way to build your speaking career? So I highly recommend people check out nsaspeakers.org. That's the national organization and see where there's a local chapter uh, because that's a, a powerful tool. Um, I've also helped create with Jack Canfield, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, and uh, Steve Harrison, one of the great gurus in marketing, uh, the Speaking for Money uh, coaching program, 80 videos online and a weekly coaching uh, group. A call that I do, mm-hmm. um, and you can get information about that at the getpaidmoretospeak.com, which is my landing page for that. And I, yeah, I just love helping speakers uh, become more successful. And because uh, I think there's one of NSA's founders, Cavett Roberts, said something very wise. He said, There are audiences born every day. Right. And we all need to be as good as we can, and we need help doing it. And So NSA is a great place for people to share their secrets of success uh, with other, other people, more so than I've experienced in any other professional association. So you're very well connected in that organization, which means you see a lot of speakers from the season to the need seasoning speaker. What's your best advice for a new aspiring speaker? Uh, talk a lot. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> advice that uh, uh, one of my coaches gave me. He said, don't evaluate yourself until you've done a thousand talks. Wow. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, you're in it for a long time. It's the rest of your life. And frankly, he said, uh, <laughs> you have to have such a fire and a passion about this that you can't really do anything else. He said, as long as you can do something else, you're not ready for this. <laughs> Well, as it, long as gonna, you can do something else, you're not ready for this. Yeah, it's great. Uh, he said because it's going to take 
you know, that kind of focus and dedication to be successful. Again, it can be a hobby, and you can go out and give talks from time to time, uh, just, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, and you might make a little money here and there. But to have the career, to have the business, to have that be what you do with your life. Uh, yeah, you got to have a fire for the message you're giving, and it's only because it's made such a difference in your own life as a commitment uh, and the devotion to you know have that kind of almost ministry and that kind of message that you want to give out to the world. The people who have that are the people who will be inevitably successful. Yeah, that's a good good advice. Good advice. We're coming up on the last word, and I always like my guests to have the last word, to take that opportunity to 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 inspire us, to get us to a better place as aspiring speakers. So, Dr. Rob, what are your last words? Well, I think what I'd like to do is, is quote someone else's uh, last words. Uh, a coach of mine, Brian Ed- Edmondson. He's author of a book called Internet Marketing Made Easy. He said, and this is what everybody ought to take to heart. There is an audience out there right now who is hoping to find someone with your exact message delivered in the way that only you can deliver it. Every moment you put it off is a missed opportunity to help someone find a solution they need to make life better. Wow. Well, that's inspiring. Yeah. That's so, that's so inspiring. Inspires me. Well, well, Speaker on Speaking community, we are so, so honored to have Dr. Rob on this second podcast of many to come. Dr. Rob, where can we get in touch with you? Uh, you can go to drrobspeaks.com, and that gets to my keynote landing page. You can see a good thing there you look at my one sheet on the right hand side is that free 20 minute video and 50 page workbook on speed through stress and five steps in 15 seconds it says get access now uh and if you want to you know really work with me and and get a whole lot of information you can go to the get paid more to speak.com which is the landing page for this speaking for money coaching program and we can be doing this one-on-one well, that sounds like a great, great offer to get paid more to speak. I think that's, if you're in this business, and I love what you said, it is a business. You want to get paid to speak, and that's that's what this is all about. Well, again, Dr. Rob, thank you very much for being a guest on Speakers on Speaking. It, it's been a wonderful, wonderful uh, interview, and I look forward to connecting with you as we do what we do in this community. Well, you're most welcome, Antoine. I'm really uh, pleased to be a part of this, and congratulations on your long-term and eventual success with this new podcast. Thank you, sir. You know, it's about the rebound that you have after a major tragedy. And as you can see, Dr. Rob Pennington has definitely rebounded from a major tragedy. And that's what I admire from his story, that things will happen Life will not go the way you want it to go. But in that mess, there's a message. And if you can find that message, you can really help someone. Just like Dr. Rob Pennington has done over and over and over again as a professional speaker, as a person who's out there to help people. And I hope this show has been helpful to you. It's definitely been helpful for me as I get a better understanding of my speaking career and where I want to go. But we're not done yet. 
There are so many more professional speakers that I want to interview, that I want to bring to you. So keep listening, keep learning, and keep thinking about how you're going to incorporate a lot of the learning that we've had in our past three guests in your speaking career. And I can't wait to bring you our next speaker. To find out who that is, log on to speakersonspeaking.com to see who's next on Speakers on Speaking. Until then, listen, learn, and launch your speaking career on Speakers on Speaking.